Joe Flacco still wants to start. Mr. Perfect, Super Bowl champ, he still wants to start, and it's a good thing for the Jets. Plus, we pick the organization's Mount Rushmore. Joe Flacco met with the media Thursday for the first time. And, you know, he's a Jersey boy. It's South Jersey. It's uh, pretty much Philly, the suburb of Philly. So it's not the New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, or New York, New Jersey, PA metropolitan area. But the big bombshell is the man still wants to start. He feels like he is a starter. There's no controversy, folks. This is a great thing for the Jets. You show me a veteran who doesn't want to play, who's scared of stepping foot onto the field, and I'll show you wasted money. For Joe Douglas, for Sam Darnold, having this guy, this 35-year-old Super Bowl champ, to push him, to help him, to groom him, even if he doesn't fully accept being a mentor, it's a good thing. And it's a good thing because while he wants to start, he does accept the role that he's in now. Yeah, maybe mentor, maybe it bugs him. The word mentor, maybe that bugs the hell out of him. But that's a good thing. If you just watched the Jordan series, which has been off the air two weeks now, and everyone's losing their minds because it's been off the air, if a competitor doesn't get bugged by not having the opportunity to play, get that guy off my team. I don't want that guy. So the fact he wants to start still is a tremendous thing. Here's what he had to say. Joe, even as you kind of come into this new role of being a, a backup, do, do you still have the confidence that you can be a, a really good NFL starting quarterback over the long haul for a team, whether that's next year? And, uh, you know, would you still have that confidence uh, at this point in your career? Well, for sure. I mean, we're talking about all these things and, um, you know, that is my role is to help the team out. But I obviously, st- you know, I obviously still believe that I'm a starting quarterback and, um, you know, you never know what three years down the line down the line is going to look like. So I still have that confidence and I still have the want, the want to, to do that. Um, but you know, at this moment, that's not my role. My role is to help the team get better and to help a young quarterback, um, see things as clearly as possible and, and help him on his journey to be, you know, to being, you know, a long time NFL quarterback. Right now, that's not my goal. Right, no, that's not my role. As badly as he wants to start, he understands. He understands what he was signed for. Joe Douglas made it perfectly clear. But at the same time, give me the guy that's going to push Sam Darnold. Give me the guy that's going to do what he can to push a young quarterback. Football is about competition. No matter whatever else you want to throw into it. Money, fame, social media, silliness, talent. At the end of the day, this game comes down to competition. Joe Douglas understands that. 
you see it with the offensive line. He actually put together an offensive line with eight, maybe even nine guys who could potentially start if you count Josh Andrews, which you probably shouldn't. But there's the quote from Flacco. And it's exactly what you want to see. You know, it's not going to be a Brett Favre situation where Brett Favre will kick the Aaron Rodgers to the side, knock him down the stairs, put his foot in his face. It's not going to be that situation. Flacco was criticized a bit in Denver last year when Drew Locke came aboard, was drafted. But at the end of the day, and you can look up the quotes, Drew Locke had great things to say about Flacco. And at the end of the day, that's what it's about. When that competition is there, you want to see it. But as long as the competition is not a detriment to the entire team, to the incoming or, in this case for the Jets, already posted young quarterback in Sam Darnold, the competition's good. Competition without deterring the situation, the plan at hand. And that's what Darnold can bring to the Jets. It is the perfect situation for the Jets. And Locke, although, you know, he did present a cockeyed view towards Flacco's initial words from last year, it ended up okay. Joe was great to me in a locker room. Drew Locke told Bob Menry on the Zap podcast, whenever I needed anything, he was always there to question that, to answer that question, especially when I made my first start. He instilled some confidence in me before that game. He was like, just go do you. Go do what you do best, and you're going to win this football game. I really appreciate him saying that to me. You idolize that guy. You won a Super Bowl. He comes in, and he throws it like no one I've ever seen. I mean, yeah, he's got a good arm, but I wouldn't go that crazy. He's got an absolute cannon, so I thought he was the man. And for him to say that to me, I appreciated it. People forget how good Flacco was. During that uh, Super Bowl run. No picks. What was, it? what was it? 13 touchdowns total? 11, 12, or 13 touchdowns total. One of those three totals, I forget. And beats the Niners. 34-31. As the lights go out. You know, the Lamar Jackson craze took over last year. But until Lamar Jackson wins a championship... Joe Flacco is going to be the remembered quarterback in Baltimore. It cannot be undersold how good a signing this is for Joe Douglas, Sam Darnold, and the Jets. I mean, what, what, what more can you ask for? You can't go without a veteran, because if you do, Morgan, James Morgan's your only backup. And that's, listen, you can't fold the tent like the Jets did last year when Darnold went out. 
yeah, Simeon was a legit, almost legit backup plan, but we were never afforded the chance to see him in action, thanks to week two. Flacco's the perfect situation for Sam Donald. Mount Rushmore. Did this on Jets X Factor uh, about a week ago. Why for? Why Mount Rushmore? No reason. It's just the popular thing to do. It's silly. Why four? Why not ten? Why not three? I guess because our country put up a a, a tribute to four presidents early in the last century. So one person did it in the sports world and everyone's taken uh, followed suit. But Matt Rushmore for the Jets. See, 10, ranking the top 10 Jets is very, very, I wouldn't say very easy, but pretty cut and dry. As you can see them on the screen here for those on YouTube. These are the 10. The guys who get just outside, get cut off just outside the 10 are Freeman McNeil, Wesley Walker, and Wayne Corbett is probably there too, but a little behind those guys. The top 10 are easy. Namath, Maynard, Martin, Klecko, Rivas, Gastineau, Winston Hill, not Stephen Hill. You 20-year-old kids. Larry Grantham, Nick Mangold, and Kevin Mawai. I have Mangold and Mawai as the ninth and 10th guys, and I do have Mangold ahead of Mawai. Why? It's close. Was Mawai probably a little better, a better center in terms of NFL history? Yeah. But remember, he wasn't an only Jet. He wasn't a lifetime Jet. Mangold was. Mangold was drafted by the Jets. Mawai played, what, three or four seasons in Seattle before Parcell scooped him up. Never made a Pro Bowl in Seattle. Didn't make a real name for himself until Curtis Martin in New York. But then did so. And then actually, I think he was another qualifier for another All-Pro team in Tennessee after that. The Brett Favre season, if I'm not mistaken, where the 7-3 and three Jets went into Tennessee and demolished Mawai and the Titans went to eight and three with Mangini and finished nine and seven because Favre just destroyed his arm. But those are the clear cut ten with Mount Rushmore. It's a pain in the ass decision with this franchise. Which four do you take? The drop off for me. There's a clear-cut three. And then there's a big drop-off after five or six. Now, it all depends on how you do Mount Rushmore. What are your qualifications? Is it the four best players in history? Is it the four most talented players in history? Is it the four most decorated players in history? Is it the four most decorated players while making sure you take one player from each era 
sort of like Mount Rushmore, the actual Mount Rushmore, where they take four presidents from each era. I mean, there's only one president in each era, so they didn't have an option. Here, you have an option. I think it, the way I did it is to take the Mount Rushmore based on the greatest Jets careers. And if the two, if two guys are one, two in terms of greatest Jets career, they're both going to, and they played in the same era, they're both going to be on that Mount Rushmore. And that's the way it breaks down with Namath and Maynard. Listen, Joe Namath, I don't care what you smart people think in terms of how overrated he is from a historical perspective. He is. He is absolutely overrated from a historical perspective. I mean, there's just no, there's no question about it. When you look at his interceptions to touchdowns, there's no question. 220 interceptions, 173 touchdowns. Yeah, he's not an all-time, all-time, all-time great. But remember, this era featured a lot of interceptions. Think of someone like Terry Bradshaw. If I'm not mistaken, Terry Bradshaw had just one more touchdown than he did interception. Four-time Super Bowl champ Terry Bradshaw, who's always left outside the top 10, but is considered a all-time great nonetheless. 212 touchdowns, 210 interceptions. This is the way it went for these old guys. Interceptions were a much more common occurrence. And that's what people fail to remember when they want to point their finger and call Johnny Amoth overrated. Johnny Unitas. 253 interceptions to 290 touchdowns. This is a different era, folks. And you have to take that into account. Joe Namath is not just a great quarterback. He is the Jets' history. He is the NFL's history. To this day, he is still the most important figure in NFL history. Others are close. Others are right there with him if you want to give it a tie. Pete Rozelle, right there with him. Wellington Mara, for the TV revenue sharing that he so graciously took part in as a New York owner who was going to make a lot more money. Paul Brown. All these guys, incredibly important to the league. But Joe Namath is the most important figure to this modern NFL that you watch dominate today. His guarantee, his performance in Super Bowl III, gave the AFL legitimacy. It was a clown show before Super Bowl III. It was a circus. It was a joke. After the Jets won the AFL championship which Namath had to dig deep after partying all night, as legend has it. The Super Bowl meant nothing. 
It was just an extra game back in 1969. It was the Pro Bowl after the main event, which was the NFL championship. As opposed to the way they used to do it, the Pro Bowl, after the Super Bowl. Now they do it one week before, and the Super Bowl players don't take part. Namath changed all that. The Jets changed all that. When writing or when choosing great players, stats and talent alone isn't the only equation. How that story is written is critical. That's why when you when you say Mount Rushmore, you have to you have to give your qualifications. In my mind, it's a mixture of both, but it's mainly most decorated, greatest career, all-encompassing. Joe Namath was the first celebrity athlete. Him and Muhammad Ali, Arnold Palmer did a, did a lot too, but him and Muhammad Ali during that decade did a lot to create the prototype and carve out what a celebrity athlete is today. And it's important. He's the best player in Jets history. Was he the most talented? Maybe. Injury? We'll never know because of injury. Did he have the best statistical output? No. No. No chance. Maynard probably did. But the way Namath wrote his career and how it unfolded, it's, it puts him at the top. And you don't have to overthink it. He's the, he's the best Jets player in history. So he's definitely there. Some people will pass on Maynard because Maynard and Namath were from the same era. I, I can't do it. Maynard, like I just said, probably produced the best statistics in Jets history. So I got to put Maynard number two, Namath and Maynard on Mount Rushmore, which leaves two spots for a handful of players. Number three, who has to be there, Darrell Rivas. If Maynard had the best testicle output, Darrell Rivas was the most dominant Jet of all time. It's just that simple. He was the most dominant Jet of all time over a four or five, six year span. Should have won the Defensive Player of the Year over Charles Woodson. Didn't get it. Statistics won't do him justice. Everyone knows this, obviously. But Namath, Maynard, Rivas, hands down. One, two, three. Number four is the tough part. Number four is what makes it so damn impossible. I mean... Here are the options. Klecko, Gastineau, and Curtis Martin. Winston Hill is a thought. After all, he's a Hall of Famer. He got in late, but he's in. Larry Grantham is a thought. 
he might be the fourth best Jets defender of all time, maybe third. He's the best New York Titan of all time. He started with the Titans. In the end, it comes down to two, but it comes down to Martin and either Klecko or Gastineau, depending on who you favor more. Do you favor Klecko more or do you favor Gastineau more? Me, personally, I favor Klecko more. Gastineau was more decorated, had the numbers, was maybe a little more dominant over a two, three-year season span. But it was more flash dominance. It was more headline dominance. Klecko was more dominant from a under-the-radar type of uh, perspective. So I favor Klecko. He was more versatile. He could do whatever the defense needed. You know, his sack output is in the 20s. It's not that great. But when you count everything before 1982, I mean, the man had 20 and a half sacks in 81. It didn't count. Gaston also had 20 sacks in 81. Didn't count. The uh, birth of the New York Sack Exchange. I favor Klecko, but in the end, it's got to be Curtis Martin. Uh, let me take that back. It doesn't have to be Curtis Martin. It could be either Martin or Klecko or Gastineau. There is no right decision. And that's what makes this Mount Rushmore such an impossible chore for this specific franchise. The franchises that have five or six great players and then the drop-off comes after number six are the ones that really make this tough and the Jets fit right in there. Martin, listen, Klecko actually enjoyed a more decorated career with the Jets than Curtis Martin did. If I'm not mistaken, Martin um, made three Pro Bowls with the Jets. Yeah, three. Three Pro Bowls, one first-team All-Pro. Klecko, four Pro Bowls, two first-team All-Pros. And he could have easily been the Defensive Player of the Year, the AP Defensive Player of the Year in 81. Um, In fact, he was the... Might have snagged a different award like Gastineau did. Uh, But regardless... Even though Klecko was more decorated, he was injured more often. You know, strike the strike hurt too, but he was injured more often, and Martin just was more consistent. 2004, 1,697 total yards, 12 touchdowns, the rushing title, his only rushing title of his career. Yeah, it doesn't hurt. He was drafted by the Pats, played in a Super Bowl with the Pats. It, yeah, it hurts, especially because Revis did too. But what Martin represents is the new Jets. And this is why he's on Mount Rushmore. While Klecko or Martin would have worked, you know, Klecko, the early 80s teams really turned it around after a terrible decade of the 70s. 
especially the last half of the decade. But Martin coming in 1998 by way of Bill Parcells, that represents everything that was good about the Jets post-Parcells. From 1960 to 1997, how many seasons is that? 38? 37 seasons. We'll, we'll break it down like this. 1960 to 1996, 37 seasons. If you count 97, it'll be 38. The Jets made the playoffs seven times. Seven. Since Parcells took control in 97, or brought Martin in in 98, over the next 13 seasons to 2010, they made the playoffs seven times. So once Martin arrived... The Jets made the playoffs seven times in 13 seasons. The same number of times over the previous 38 seasons. Parcells, Martin represented those excellent times for the Jets. That excellent era from 98 through 2010. And that's why when people said same old Jets and, and God on the organization during that time period... I couldn't believe it. They made the playoffs so often. They had success. And when you look looked around the league, they were playing January football more than so many other teams. In the upper third, for sure. Over the last decade, it's been a little different. They've dipped. And Joe Douglas is trying to change that. But the impossible chore that is Mount Rushmore, we go Namath, Maynard, Revis, and Martin, with apologies to Klecko. Joe Flacco wants to start. It's a very quiet couple of days in NFL land, in jet land. And even though it's quiet, nobody could create controversy over Flacco wanting to start. Every competitor wants to start. But we'll see what happens. We'll be back most likely Monday. And then we'll, we'll start doing shows three days a week. Every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And this will just be Sable Radio. Obviously, Nania will keep doing his highlights. And Blewett will keep doing his film review. And once the mobile app is up and running, keep an eye out for that. On Apple. On Android, once that's up and running, which isn't yet, but once it is, I'm going to get to get back into breaking down a lot of film myself. So check it out, jetsxfactor.com. Subscribe for free. You subscribe, you get a free month. You can check it out. You can cancel on that 30th day and be fine. You got nothing to lose. Until next time.